Welcome to the Man Under Construction Podcast. Yes, that's another episode of the Man Under Construction Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by and taking the time to listen to what I have to say and to listen to the stories of other men. I thank you so much for that. I also want to thank you for your support on the Instagram page and your comments and your engagement is appreciated and I enjoy it and I encourage it. The page continues to grow, which is really exciting. I have so many plans that I want to do, and but I decided to take a few days off. I needed to sit back a little bit and reflect and really I just, I took a step back and I realized that uh, I was lacking in some certain areas and I, I asked God to help me out and to show those things to me. And it, it felt really good just to sit back and, and have that little time to heal uh, little things in my area, in my life, uh, so I can get back up even stronger and continue to share the things that I've gone through and the things I continue to learn. So I want to thank you for your patience and your support through that. And I also want to thank my wife. I want to thank my wife for her continued support and her love. She stands behind me 100%. And she's always listening. She listens She listens to my podcast and then she'll say a little something. So I know she's going to listen to this one. And I want to say that I love you. And I thank you and I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad that you're in my life and I have an awesome, an awesome partner, a helpmate to, make me be- to help me to be better and to do life with. And she's definitely someone I enjoy doing life with. So thank you and I love you. And... Um, I have a few more podcasts coming up with guests, I, uh, but today is with Fred Three from Men vs. Mediocrity, and hopefully next week, uh, well, for sure next week, uh, I hope to release another conversation that I had, and this uh, was with a gentleman from The Edge of Adventure. His name is Adam Asher, and we had an awesome, profound conversation. It was amazing. I walked away from that conversation um, just uh, with, a, with a good feeling like it was a fruitful conversation. It was just an enriching conversation. And I hope you walk away with that, with this a conversation with Fred and on the ne- next podcast. Well, actually, with every podcast, I hope you walk away uh, enriched and with something valuable. But without uh, wasting any more time, Fred Three from Men versus Mediocrity joins us via Zoom, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. All right. First of all, thank you, Fred, for joining the Man Under Construction podcast. This is a great honor to finally get you on. We've exchanged messages on Instagram, and I've been following your your page, your content. It's it's amazing. You you ask serious, challenging questions, even questions that that I uh, overlook sometimes. You make me reflect, and you make me look a little deeper. And that's what it's all about. So uh, again, it's an honor to have you on, and I'm looking forward to the conversation we're about to have. Well. Michael, likewise, um, I've been challenged with a group of men that uh, we've been around and, and, and it is, it's fulfilling to get sharpened by you guys and ask those tough questions. So I'm glad to be here, man. So um, as you know, I'm the host of Men vs. Mediocrity. Uh, Fred Three, we are the number one edutainment for men. So thanks for having us. Awesome, man. Thank, well, thank you once again. So the questions that, that, I'm going to bring forward. We want to know, I want to know who Fred is all about. I I ran into your page. I started following you. I started uh, looking at your content, following your videos, your little uh, video logs that you do, bringing uh, forward a question or or posing a thought. And and I wanted to know who who this guy was. He's bringing out some deep stuff. It looks like he's been through some stuff. And I want to know about it. I want to know uh, because the journey is, is always just as important as the outcome. How you got there is just as important. And actually, how you got there speaks to so many people because some people might be going through the same stuff you went through. So that's my question to you today for the podcast. Who is Fred Three? If you can tell us about that. (laughs) Well, without thinking too much. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, I laid it just, boom, throw through the hammer on you. Just do that. All right, well, that's okay. (laughs) Let Let me take that hammer, Thor. And uh, I'll begin. Well, I am Fred Three, and I was uh, I was actually kind of removed from New Orleans. My parents are from New Orleans, and uh, they uh, they left to come to school in Iowa. 
And so I am from Des Moines, Iowa, or Ames, actually. And that's where I grew up. I grew up where my parents, my dad was very um, uh, so proud of my father because he came out of the St. Bernard Projects and um, the Calliope Projects in New Orleans. And he used education to get out of the ghetto. And so one of his real staples was hard work, etch, you know, you know, work hard. And, 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 and he did it. And I've never been um, so happy and proud uh, to be his son. And, and anyway, when we moved there, it's, he made sure that I had a best of both worlds. We, we um, usually for summers, we go back down to New Orleans or I go to Mississippi and um, I would spend time with my family, which is very different from Iowa. Use your imagination. <laughs> oh, but, but cool. Very different. And, and I really appreciate that because uh, uh, he's, he made sure that I, I wasn't, I had an open mind. I could think about different things and things aren't, things are different all over the, the earth and parts of the country and, and, and different cultures, et cetera. Um, my manhood journey, that's kind of my childhood where I grew up like that. And I, I did well in, in, in school, um, in, in high school, I ran track. I don't know if you remember a, uh, uh, an athlete called Tim Dwight. Uh, I like to say we beat him both years in Ames high in track. Uh, and Tim Dwight was a, obviously, uh, he ran for the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. He ran a kickoff back. But anyway, we ran against him. And I was in sports. And one thing I kind of learned when I was growing up in my childhood was just that hard work, almost like it, it, it beats everything. And, and discipline just beats everything. It, it became at such the high of the forefront with my father. Mm -hmm. And... And this is such a great lesson to have. And this is part of who I am today. And my mom was a little bit opposite. And my mom is probably where I get my, my personality. Not that she wasn't hard work or destined to for success or anything like that. It's she was really more meticulous and had order. And she's where I kind of get my detailed from. Mm -hmm. And she is, she's definitely where I can imagine some, some people who, um, are only raised by their mom. If I was only raised by my mom, I would have an overly bonded wound with mother with my mom. Okay. <laughs> she was, uh, emotion first, almost always. And you know, and that's, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's kind of how I was raised. Um, where things started to change for me really is, um, I graduated high school at 17 and not cause anything special, but just because that was my birthday. Mm, um, okay. and mm, I went to Florida, I was, <laughs> and I, I, I went to Florida A&M university, go Rattlers. And, uh, that's where I really tested out all the skills that I had learned as a child because I was on my own and it was way out across the country. Um, I, I had an opportunity to run track for Iowa state, but I just really wanted to get away. I wasn't afraid of, of, of just, just moving away and, and just trying something new. Um, and, and so I did it. And those four years were, were, were kind of crazy, like most college experiences. But one of the things that I realized um, now looking back is, wow, you know, morals, scruples, and values cannot be compromised at any price if you really have them. And if you're in these settings and you're either, you're either going to act like you have them or you don't have them. And I, I was just really in a lot of uh, compromising situations. In, in, and at college, you mean? University? Yes, 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 yeah. at college. I, oh, yeah, those would test your boundaries. <laughs> Big <laughs> will, time. We'll, they will see if all the lessons that your parents passed down to you will, were, were you just acting them out or they were ingrained in you? Exactly. And, uh, I, what I learned is I knew, and what I learned is exactly this. I graduated in four years because I graduated summa cum laude. So their discipline, 
their hard work, my attention to details was there. But I had zero lessons in relationships, women, masculinity, um, your, you know, what a man's supposed to be, what a young man is supposed to be pursuing, what his purpose is in life, you know, what, he, what is he going to do for the rest of his life? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm sure you're familiar with the middle class formula. It's, you know, get a job, get a house, get a wife, get a dog. Yeah, pretty, this is a very <laughs> pretty fulfilling, uh, you know, yeah. in itself, you know. It's a popular formula. And that formula, I was living at that time and being very successful because um, I graduated um, and uh, I went to, um, had this job where I worked in Jacksonville, Florida for a little bit where I was in public relations and hated it, Michael. Uh, Michael, I was there for like a couple, a couple months and I continued to just um, show up at work and do a good job, but it was debauchery at nights and in between <laughs> works, it's work sessions. So that lasted for 60 days, not because that was in, in any problems. I just knew that things were kind of unraveling. Things were really unraveling. And I had gotten engaged um, with a non-meaningful, um, it was non-meaningful, it was non-sincere. And I wound up not marrying that young lady. Um, but at this point, I realized that, wow, I have a degree. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And I came back home to Iowa. So when I came back home to Iowa, I had a couple, I had a couple things. What am I going to do? Um, what am I going to do? Um, you know, I'm supposed to get a job next. I guess that's part of the formula, right? That sounds like <laughs> every out. college kid. Now, it's, right. what am I going to do? And this is a problem because I, right now, I don't, I'm not pushing college. I'm pushing purpose. I'm pushing, um, I'm pushing, you know, get to know yourself, try different things, you mm-hmm. know, get to spend time and invest in who you are. It, it would, it's a, yeah. I would have gone so much farther. And the thing is, I think uh, nowadays college is, is overrated. Not that it's not uh, valuable, but you can still find success outside of the education. I mean, you can be become a entrepreneur. You can you can do do things your own way, not necessarily with college nowadays, especially with technology. You know, uh, start a business, uh, different things that don't necessarily require a college education. Learn a skill, a trade, and you can still be relatively successful. I couldn't agree more. And, and what you're talking about really is you're talking about college may not even be necessary to sustain a living, but college is definitely not necessary in knowing who you are as a man. Okay. I think, uh, I think a lot of times college would point you in the opposite direction, opposite direction. Yeah. I'm sorry. It definitely would. And so I, I, I did fine. I went to work for a, a rental car company. I excelled again. I have no problem um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Like I, I nailed this middle-class formula. Mm-hmm. I, I went to enterprise rent a car and I succeeded. I got multiple promotions. Um, I did well there, but I'm still lost. Michael, I'm still doing debauchery. I haven't found out who I am. I'm not making a good impact. I'm yeah. leaving a trail of residue behind me. And luckily I'm not married or have any kids at this point, but this is where I'd like to be able to save some. This is where men versus mediocrity wants to save some some young kids. I can save them from this valuable time. I could add value um, and fulfillment into their life if they if they if they seek and investing on their identity yeah. and they work on becoming a man earlier. Mm-hmm. So at this point, um, I got married um, shortly thereafter, and I shared a post this weekend where stuff had gotten real bad. Um, I, coming from New Orleans, I uh, am in love with food, and uh, <laughs> uh, and it's uh, exclusive to New Orleans. That's that's pretty much anybody. Oh yeah, so I had uh, I was successful with it, mount and wound up being able to pack on about three hundred pounds, is what I weighed. And I got married at that point, which is the picture that I shared. And um, I had gotten into the mortgage business. Well, now it's kind of like some of these athletes. Now, men, listen to this if you're listening. The, the, the money that these athletes get will amplify 
who they are. It will not change who you are. And if you remember at that point before 2008, um, the mortgage business was booming and I got my cut um, at that time. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was. I was married. I was doing well with that. Um, and then I have my what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is one of my one of my learning lessons and which transforms into men versus mediocrity, which is um, anger. And anger is a problem that a lot of men have. And I started getting angry. And I didn't know why. And I, I know this is just relates to somebody like I, I'm not fulfilling really what it was is a culmination of things, but obviously it's not me fulfilling my purpose. It's not me knowing who I am. I'm just going through life. I'm following orders. I have not taken charge to you know find my own way to figure out where I'm supposed to do as a man. So I was, I was angry and my anger became a problem in, in my marriage. I was blessed that it didn't become, um, resort to any physical violence, but I can tell you, Michael, I can yell, um, and it can be scary. You might see me on some of my videos. Um, I'm animated and, um, I being angry is not anything positive. And, and it sounds like, um, based on what you're telling me, that your anger, based on the, the things that you pointed out, the, you weren't happy where you were in life, really, you were angry at yourself, mm-hmm. is, yeah. from, uh, is what I can gather from what you told me. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing, and you know what, it's much clearer to see on the outside, like you pointed out, but it's much more difficult to see, obviously, yeah. when you're yeah, experiencing it. All the time, it. every time, yeah. When, when you're in the midst of it, or you're the one dealing with the anger, it's, it's almost impossible to see. Right. So, so there was a shift to change for a couple of years where, where men versus mediocrity, and I believe, like, Clark Kent became Superman. I know you like Superman. Oh, right? Clark sure. Kent. you thought you throw that in there, huh? <laughs> I thought I threw that in there. Oh man, Superman is the man. He is. He is. And so, in these next three years, there was a culmination of events. Um, the anger started getting worse. I didn't understand. And I give an example of. Um, I remember. So obviously, I'd done well in the mortgage business, but I'd switched to another um, job at a at a bigger bank. And the money was not nearly as good. And I remember one time that my daughter had lost a pair of her soccer cleats. And it was, what, the base, $60, $70. I can't remember. Yeah. I was mad. I was mad. Um, and this has to do with me yelling, raising my voice, um, you know, spitting out negativity and venom to my loved ones. And uh, I justified it with stewardship i justified it with uh my my wife at the time saying that you know you were with her why didn't you remember to pick up these shoes but the 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 that was the tip of the iceberg that's the part that you can see you can see the part where you know i sh- she should have been a steward my wife should take care of it. but let me go a little bit deeper why Am I angry? Now I'm getting below this. Now I'm getting towards the surface of the water. Why am I getting angry? Well, now it's because I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money to afford a pair of $70 shoes. Now I'm towards the water. Let me, let me go a little bit lower. Um, why don't I have enough money? What decisions have you made in life to get you there? Now I'm finally getting below the water. Mm-hmm. Is it and um, at that point was it something that like that process was it new to you? That process, this process here, what I'm experiencing here, I had a hindsight vision like within a couple months about this specific scenario because it had gotten out of hand. Mm-hmm. So yes, this was new to me, really going deeper and thinking why. And I'm still just below the surface. I'm at the top. I wanted to do a post on this. I'm going to do a post about the levels of the iceberg because it's big. 
So yeah. now I'm like, well, why don't you have the money? So I'm getting close. But really, why don't I have the money is because of the decisions I've made. Really, I went a little bit deeper. It's not necessarily because I don't have the money because of the decisions I made. It's because I'm not happy with where I'm at. Now I'm really deeper. And my real, my real thing was I feel like I'm not good enough and I'm missing something. Now I'm really getting below the water. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's and, and, real and, stuff right there. Okay. Yeah. You're drowning now. <laughs> And now I'm really deep, and this is what this is where the work is needs to take place. Mm-hmm. It's right in that spot. And how I got to that point is me and my um, ex-wife at the time. Obviously, the marriage was going bad, and you know I obviously made terrible. Uh, uh, I, I didn't have as much decisions with my money as I should have at that time. And we went to this place called a healing house. It is a weekend kind of retreat that you and a spouse or you individually can go with. But I went with my spouse. And let me tell you what this consisted of. This consisted of three married couples, 100% digging to the depths, taking out their diver's masks, digging all the way down to where the iceberg meets the earth for a full weekend. And it starts for Friday night. They tell you the type of questions they're going to ask, whatever. It was one of the most uh, draining and eye-opening um, scenarios that I'd had in my life. Yeah, and, emo- and just, emotions when you're digging. Oh, deep, oh you, and you come out of it like let's say you you spend enough time digging that far deep. Yeah, it wears you out mentally, emotionally. You're drained. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and what that gets you is, and don't get confused for, for some listens, what that gets you is that is like your starting blocks. And so many men haven't taken that because now if, if you digest that and accept that, now the work can begin. If there's no light switch, like after that weekend, it's not mm-hmm. like, boom, you're fixed. What happens at that point is you know the work that needs to happen. And, and, and you understand your core. And um, one of the big issues was anger. It had came out in anger. It had came out not being good enough. And it had came out with uh, my overeating. So these three things is what Fred three had to work on at that point. And I did a, I, I did a hell of a job at it um, at that point and changed some major areas of my life with um, uh, one of the, some of the tools that I had that hopefully will help some of your listeners that I left out of it, which I still use to this day is number one. Um, they didn't call it that back then, but I had to work on my emotional intelligence where I had to stop and think before I started speaking when I got angry. So one of the things that I, one of the things that I had to do was slow down and start thinking about that. Another tool that I use is I whisper. When I talk with people and I get into an emotional scenario or a crucial conversation, I intentionally focus on speaking below their volume level. It's such a, a calming effect to me now because it allows me to focus on being calm and focus on the content of the conversation. And it allows me to focus on the end result of what I want to happen in that conversation. Yeah. And a lot of times with, uh, Something came to my mind when you mentioned the conversation, because a lot of times we, when we talk, we don't talk to listen. We talk to react. Oh yeah. As an instinct, mm-hmm. like we're not, we're, we're not even listening to what the other person is saying. As soon as they're done, mm-hmm. boom, we have what we want to say instead of mm-hmm. slowing everything down. And like you, like you said, you had to whisper or, or talk right. uh, at a lower level. And that kind of gave you that time to process, listen to what's going on. And, and we exactly. skip that a lot. We skip that a lot. We're reactionary listeners. And that gets us in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I've, I've been Big in some trouble. Especially, especially with your, your, your spouse or in any, in any uh, kind of relationship, even a friendship you know, uh, between brothers. If we're not listening and we're just waiting for, for a reactionary response, we can, uh, we can damage some, some friendships and definitely some marriages. The spoken word is so powerful that you should invest on making sure that they all hit. It's like every word's a target. 
make sure that they all hit the target every single word and that's an art form <laughs> and uh i you. actually i posted a, a couple of days ago uh, and this is in regards to like the way we communicate uh how we're not very good at taking constructive criticism from from the ones we love we can take it like between us like me and right and fred three we can be talking hey brother you know you need to work on this and like yeah you know you're right but let's say your wife comes up to you and tells you the exact same thing and and not even like with a condescending uh, tone just kind of bring it up to you and we we snap and we're like hey you don't tell me what to do and i'm the man and i know what's best so right. Oh, right. Man, communication is, is tough it is, and um, this this really, and the, the thing that got me on this, which is so tough, is I was in sales, and I, I know these things, but I was emotionalist. I was I learned to be the proper way with sales, because obviously, if you're selling, I mean, you need to heighten your prospects, your clients' emotions, but you um, should remain emotional neutral unless you're matching in a desired emotion. So I had studied this, I know this, but I, yeah. I, did, I wasn't doing it in my own life. Well, the, the thing is, like, like some the stuff, the content we share, it's, it's very, uh, at least I, I, I'm not sure if it uh, comes off that way, but the content that I share, I like to put a little thought behind it, uh, uh, an intellectual uh, thought, uh, the way I structure it, uh, make you think a little bit uh, beyond the surface. But I've noticed that, when it comes to relationships or especially like between a, a husband and wife or, or girlfriend, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can't use that much logic because logic, it, it's almost like logic and love kind of are not on the same plane because logic will tell you, well, you know, it's logical. If she does this to me, I will react a certain way. It's only reasonable. It's logical. We can't necessarily, um, confront or, or engage in relationships with a kind of logical mind, mm -hmm. uh, especially with our wife. Like there's some things that, that come out of pure love. And sometimes love is defies logic, to be honest. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that's, uh, that's totally free. I threw that one in there. It just came to my mind uh, now that we're talking about communication and the way we communicate between the ones we love. And Michael, one of the things that um, I, I'm working on right now is I'm really trying to heighten. I, I like communication and I was good at it, even though I had anger. Is I'm working on my emotional intelligence. And you're right. Sometimes that's why we have to stop because logic says to act this way. But you may not need to act that way if, you, if you're thinking about your desired result for the conversation. Exactly. That, if you just, yeah. If, you're, if your desired role for the conversation with the angered spouse is to love her, is to solve the issue, then if she yells at you, that can't change your tone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's what do you call it? Simple, not easy. Another tool, yeah. another tool that I had to deal with my anger and which helped me with my weight loss is exercise vigorously. I've talked about strength on my page several times, but mm -hmm. um, our body is a temple and we need to treat it as such. And we, we need to. Some technical treat. difficulties, brother. Oh yes. Just a couple. <laughs> so you can, hopefully you can edit that one. No, that, it wasn't um, that bad. Let's, uh, I like to keep some of it to keep like the realness of the conversation in there. Okay. I, I don't want to <laughs> see all like, uh, there's some that like no errors in the way they communicate. I was like, Oh, I don't know how they speak for 45 minutes without a, um, or, and it was like, Whoa, these guys are really good, but that's the power of editing. So, but I like to keep it. I like, okay. yeah, I like to keep it because, uh, really none of us communicate in a perfect way. Or right. like when we talk to each other, we're like, Hey man, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, mm -hmm. you know, and you go back and forth with little, uh, little things that though, just the way you communicate, you know, certain way, certain words you say. So I like to keep it real that way. So people can relate to it, can relate to it a little bit more. Well, good. Cause we'll show, I will show imperfection. I promise. <laughs> Guarantee it. So 
yeah, I, I, I exercise. That was part of my anger plan. Um, and I like vigor exercise. So right now I do some kickboxing. Um, I work, you might've heard of that. I do ferals. I like it because it allows me to exert, um, fighting and, and getting out a lot of, uh, energy and it helps with my stress and my health. Yeah. Um, before Jocko wrote his book, Extreme Ownership, I learned some of his principles that long ago. <laughs> and you, and, uh, <laughs> you, you read that book? Yes. Yeah, and um, that's on my list. That's on my list to, to check out. It's excellent. I, it's excellent. Um, the last couple of days I've talked about suffering, three types. Um, suffering because you did something you weren't supposed to do. Suffering because you did what you were supposed to do and suffering for no reason at all. There's some unfair things in humanity that happens. You know, we're in a place where, unfortunately, kids come in with mental issues and kill other kids. Think about the damage that that does emotionally to the other kids. Um, there was even a show about the Littleton people grown up and some of the issues that they have. I mean, those things we cannot control. And, but what we can control is how we take care of ourselves after that. We're, we're, we're fragile creatures. So I, I think what I'm trying to say with that is we've, we've got to take care of our emotions when we're damaged like that mm -hmm. because things well, happen. Thing, yeah, definitely. And beyond our control. One thing I do want to say about that, there was a, some studies done that, like a large percentage of the kids that react this way come from a fatherless home. Oh my, yeah. Well, we can't be surprised with that, Michael. Are you surprised by that stat? Oh, no, no, right. not at all. But, but not only are we so, like post uh, tragedy or accident that happens, take care of ourselves, but we also got to highlight the fact that there was no man there to begin with, which contributed to the emotional instability of that child, which then lashed out because of a, of a father wound that he didn't know how to confront or he didn't know how to manage it and it just flowed and he bled everywhere. And, and we see it on the news nowadays, kids doing horrific things. They're just, their wound is just bleeding on other people. The fatherless home tragedy, whenever I do top tragedies or whatever the top issues from men, this is one because it's either from divorce or plenty of people have kids outside of a marriage. And uh, uh, this isn't some, you know, sex plug or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, objectively, regardless of what you believe, the this, this stats are pure is that a man and a child is designed to be raised by both functioning man and woman period mm -hmm. and there's and, zero exception and, and what gets me uh not necessarily upset but like what really uh boggles my mind is is after a tragedy like this uh typically and it's been highlighted like a uh, gun violence you know kid walks in and sprays the school there is like so much energy time and energy and and uh Air, air time, television time, focused on just fixing the symptom. And none of them talk about, well, where, the, where does this kid come from? Does he come from a fatherless home? Or, or, you know, different underlying issues. No one talks about that. They might hint at it, oh, he had mental illness, emotional instabilities. But why did he have those emotional instabilities? Why don't we get to the source instead of just managing the symptoms? or the tools used, uh, uh, you know, during the time of, of the, when the, you know, the gentleman or the other yeah, gentleman lashed out, like no one's talking about that. And that's what like, that's what gets me. Like no one wants to, like no one wants to really take care of the problem. If you wanted to take care of a problem, you would, let's go to the source. The gun is not the source or whatever tool they use to, to wreak havoc is not the source of, of what caused that let's go to the source and and no one no one's willing to do that nobody wants to do that and you just hit on one area that men versus mediocrity wants to go is we need to translate manhood through the vision of men men versus mediocrity in these type of events 
And that's the type of message that we need to be talking about is fatherless homes and mental health and taking care of our kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's, you know, I mean, quite frankly, there's a lot of kids now that are just, you know, it's so regular that they just, they have a mom and a dad and they don't live together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like a mom and dad in the home is no longer assumed. And I shared this, the stat a couple of days ago said that 85% of emotional issues originate from a fatherless home. Mm-hmm. 80, 85% of the emotional issues that children face are due to the lack of a father in the home. I mean, just think about that. And that's aligned with our extreme ownership, Michael. We own this issue. And so now, you know, you've, you've been online. You see the guys that are mad at women. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, what kind of home do you think these women were raised from? You know, why wouldn't they be mad at a, at a, at a, at a man, right? Yeah. And, and this, is, this is one of my battle cries that we have to take ownership of. And then we've created that problem and we're perpetuating that problem. If you, you know, you're talking about fatherless homes, this is the part where men today can take the actions with these one night stands, who they're sleeping with, they're sleeping with girls. I mean, there's, there's a lot that we can do um, just for simple decision-making to help bring that number backwards. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I think this topic is a whole other podcast within itself, within it itself. And I think, I think uh, I'd like to, to do another one. Just let's focus on that and talk about that. I'd like to, to get you back on and really dig deep in there. And the, the effects of a fatherless home, not only on the son, but on the daughter, on the daughter. There we go. Yeah. They keep forgetting that. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, so I, I, I definitely is, want, I definitely want to come back to this. If you're willing to come back on and, and again, go head on with this, this topic, man, I'd be willing to, to get in the trenches with you. Oh, we'll have to done, done, signed. So let <laughs> so where were we? Uh, okay. So I was talking about my tools to deal with anger. <laughs> we went way off topic and that's all right. That's, all right. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so I talked about extreme ownership, um, mm-hmm. learning about those things and my passion, I never knew how much fulfillment I had when someone was teaching me, um, some of the, uh, quite frankly, biblical stance on manhood, simply from the difference between the first Adam and Jesus and just manhood, just raw, objective, just things that he did. Fact, this is how he handled X. This is how he handled, this is how Adam handled it, you know? And yeah. thinking about that really charged me into manhood where the next few years, um, I ran several men's groups and I, it was going great. And my marriage was neutral. I can tell you, I can tell you that, um, now um, I no longer yell. I catch myself raising my voice and I have to wheel back from there. So um, work in progress. I'm not trying to say I'm all done, but I have came a long way. And, and, and um, you're right. You're correct on that. As for, uh, I can agree with you. I am a work in progress. And and that's one thing about I, I like about some of the guys that that we're together with is that you know what these are the lessons i'm learning but i understand that i i'm still a work in progress like i don't got it all figured out but the things i am learning i'm going to pass them down to you or i'm going to share it for others and that that's what it's all about acknowledging that we're still a work i think we're we will be a work in progress till the till the day we die i've accepted that have you accepted that yeah yeah i know i know where i want to go i know where i want to be but I right. understand that getting there might not be possible, but that shouldn't deter you from striving for excellence, as you would say. That's right. And, and mediocre is, it's just not doing anything. It's not getting better from yesterday. So mm-hmm. mediocre is. Um, yeah. So I was in a lot of men's groups at this time and, and I felt some strong kinships with some friends here in the community and I did that for a while. 
Um, but then I realized what had happened between that point and a couple years now, I think I'm in like 2012 now, kind of bringing you up to like that, that time. There was the Olympics. It's when Phelps got like, what, 15, uh, about 20, 30 gold medals that year. <laughs> yeah, um, when he rocked it. <laughs> he rocked it that year. Um, but what I got is I, I heard something. I heard my passion finally. It was for me to be the best man that I could become and help others do so. And I heard that from when I was at work and I heard this other guy who sounded like me a couple years back for just the progress that I had made at that point. And he was talking about his marriage and what he was doing. He was calling her all these names. And I just knew that I had to help him. And I did. And that's when I knew that this is what my purpose is, not this job. And I needed to find a way to continue to do that. And there were, were there's a will, there's a way. If this is my purpose, there will be a way. Mm-hmm. And I can expect resistance. So that's kind of when it had started. And I thought of the name men versus mediocrity just because of what it is. It's not man, it's men. I know you can't do anything of significance alone. And the battle is within us. It's, it's mediocrity. It's just going for the status quo. It was just for me getting that recipe and not having any fulfillment. But over the last six years, uh, Michael, what's happened is um, I got a divorce at the end of that scenario. It never got better, but I can tell you my anger did and my communication styles did. Um, but the, the marriage did deteriorate after a while. And I've got two beautiful girls in which at that time they moved away from me. Um, my um, uh, ex-wife at the time moved away. And I had to deal with, it took me a shorter curve, but I, I had to deal with re-identifying without, a daily, without being a daily father. And that took a long time. And that was understandably rushing. So. Yeah, understandably yeah. so. That is, oh man, and I, I, can, uh, I can relate to that. That is, that is really hard. That took me... Um, a solid 12, I remember it was about 18 months. The, re- the reason I can say that is because the time that they moved away from me, I went into this place where I lived called the flop house. The flop house was me and two good friends that at the time, one had broke up with his girlfriend. Another one was getting a divorce and it all had happened within like 60 days. So one of the single guys had like a, had had a house and all of a sudden I'm staying over there and I can tell you that that was a very big um, opportunity for me to release my frustrations talk to men in a safe environment um, be able to heal from that issue and I'm still healing from it today but I can tell you I did it a little bit quicker because I realized where I've come from I understand my role I understand that I'm still a father even though they don't live with me I just had to go through all of this here and so I understand all the men out there that I know listen to this podcast it's tough when these things happen but it's not it's not the end of the world and there's still a flag to carry I still have work to do to be a father. I still have, I still uh, will be a father in the best way that I can. These are my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so those type of acceptance and thought process um, helped me through it to where um, just, I think I've only started the IG page like March or April of this year. So um, that's when I, I came back into it. And um, that's what, what we plan to do now is the, the vision for men versus mediocrity is as follows. We are edutainment. I love music, movies, sports, pop culture. You know, you talk about the fatherless homes and what's going on in the world today. That does deserve another podcast. Okay. That's the <laughs> yeah. type of stuff that I want to talk about. And um, I grew up with my dad listening to, to records and we watched movies. So I love movies, actions and stuff like that. And I, be, I realized there's a lot of lessons in manhood through some of these entertainment forms. 
-hmm. And we plan to get that out uh, to men in a way that's entertaining and can resonate. And I want to give them a couple nuggets. And then all of a sudden um, they have a full meal of what it, of what it is, because you and I understand that we can't do this for them. A man can't, um, a man can create an environment for another man to become a man, but it takes that man to be his own man. He must do it on his own. And that's where we come in is because it's much easier to do that when you have a man with you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's, and so uh, that's where we're going right now. I'm trying to infiltrate um, to be able to reach out and touch men. A couple of things that I'm working on locally in the community that I can get on the page because I really want people starting where they're at right now. I know we're online. I know it's social media, but I still believe there has to be a, a place that uh, we can reach out and touch somebody and work with, work with men right where we're at. Yeah. In addition to the social media. So I'm working on some things right now that we'll see, we'll be seeing soon on the page where we'll be having other men um, on the shows, which you can expect next. And that's awesome. I look forward to that. I am excited. I'm excited about what you're doing and uh, the journey uh, you've, you've gone through as far as the IG. Uh, I've seen your posts slowly, slowly start to dig deeper and, and mm-hmm. open new doors in, in the thought process. So I'm excited about about uh, what the future holds for you. I am excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, is it, um, what what other uh, what other things do you plan on uh, doing a podcast soon, or, or uh, what what like as far as how far do you want to take it? I want to take it as far as I can, but I know now. I was kind of talking um, this weekend on a post about my personality. Have you read the book Personality Plus? No, I'm not from, I'm not familiar, familiar with it. They break down four types of personalities and uh, it really exponentially changed my sales results. But I'm a personality that they call melancholy that's very detail driven, etc. So well, the reason I'm explaining that is that I, I want to take a couple I'm doing, I, me, I'm not going to be successful doing everything at once. I'm going to keep adding. Mm-hmm. You're going to find that men versus mediocrity is going to keep adding and adding and adding yeah. instead of doing everything at once. But the answer is yes to your question. We plan on doing a podcast. Eventually. I have a website. Yeah. Um, I've, 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 it's, it's old. It, it needs to be um, updated. Uh, but right now, um, I want to make sure that I continue to focus on, on the, the real thing is, is helping men. And, and I want to be able to do that in the community and this. So I'm actually reaching out and helping some men in some of their crisis situations and, and I can help other men while we do that. Uh, actually, um, as far as, as far as me, I, I definitely want to continue podcasting and putting more stuff out there, but I, I have this, this, uh, and I'll go ahead and share it. Like in my heart, like um, I have this vision of what I would like to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could it could be via IGTV or via YouTube or both platforms. But I would love to have like a man under construction show and have a team of, of writers for it. Uh, men with the same desire, same purpose and uh, and structure it where we'll have the meat of it, of what we want to talk about. But to have several sketches uh, maybe poking fun of the things that men do or our right. wives do, uh, kind of like, um, have like icebreakers and then really get to the, to the meat of it, speak to men. And, uh, that's kind of like the, an idea that I have that I would love to do. Like, I think that would be really awesome to have like a, a man under construction show and have that team of writers, you know, pumping out really just, uh, constructive content, uh, valuable content that'll help men, uh, not only, uh, get a few laughs in, but you ever notice how, how good speakers, they, they win you over with laughter. They make you mm-hmm. smile. And then, but when, when you're at that point, your heart opens a little bit and then they bring in the good stuff. So that's kind of like, I'm playing with different ideas and something that's something I would love to do. I think that would be uh, pretty awesome to do. 
and we can, and we can, it's just one step at a time. Um, yeah. I, and, and I plan on doing all of that. I plan on like having a show as well. And, um, I just, just one thing at a time. I, I you know, it's like trying to eat the elephant, right? I, I, I can't eat the whole hoof. <laughs> <laughs> I got to just take a yeah. bite out of this thing. Yeah. But, but one thing as we do this though, here's what's meaningful as we continue to go, we can still help one man. I hope one man got something from this. Oh, yeah, another definitely. man got something from this. And, and so we're impacting along the way. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's not something that I'm going to attack right now, but like I have it just every, every great thing like you, you hear, every great thing begins with an idea. That's right. So it's just an idea. Not that it's going to happen anytime soon. Not that I have a studio for that. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I have it in the background, you know, and I have Fred three as one of the, the, the content writers for <laughs> <laughs> the man under construction oh, man. show. That'd be, uh, that's pretty awesome. Well, Fred, uh, uh, thank you so much for being vulnerable today and sharing a part of your heart and being honest and open with, with the people that are listening out there with me. I, I'm, honored i'm humbled by your the posture of your heart to be able to share this stuff it, it really Absolutely. it really um like these kind of conversations not only touch the people out there but as i engage in them they they reach me too and like i said i'm not perfect i still need a lot of work so this this kind of stuff enriches me as well and so there's your there's your one guy that it touched it touched me very good. Thank you. So, uh, and, and I know uh, for a fact that it'll reach people out there. Very so, good. I mean, thank you so much for, for taking your time and just being honest. Absolutely. And we'll, we got, we got more to talk about, man. We got more to talk about. So we'll have to hook up again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You got my number, brother. You got my number. You got me on, on Instagram. And like I said, let's plan, let's plan, uh, in the future to sit down and talk about the, the father, fatherless home epidemic. We got to really nail that in. We do. We do. Now, are we still on the podcast now or? <laughs> We're still recording. We're still recording. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave that in there just for laughs. That's, uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> are we still oh, are we recording? Yeah, we're still recording. But uh, okay. thank you so much for joining us today, Fred. I really appreciate sure. it. I got nothing but love for you, brother. Nothing but love for you. Thank you. My pleasure. Leave a comment and subscribe to the MUC podcast. See you on the next one. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. All right. Thank you once again, Fred, for stopping by and sharing your story. I know it takes a lot to be vulnerable and show your softer side, especially for a man. But I want to thank the guys who do come on the show on the podcast and share and share that part of themselves. I know that it touches guys out there and it reaches them on a different level. So thank you so much, Fred. And I want to thank you guys out there for taking the time to listen. Once again, have an amazing day and we got so much more to come.